This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warping. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, September 12th, 2020. Still, this year will not end. So uh, this week, 2020, apparently ordered up a heaping helping of burning down the West Coast. Indeed, the forests of Oregon, Southern Oregon, and Northern California, and I think Southern California, are on fire. It's really bad. I thought Washington got hit with a big whack of it, too. Was That's, I wrong on that? I, I have not heard of that, but I've kept away from, from the local news in a long time. But yes... Yeah, <laughs> we we've got we've got tons of tons of fires all along the area and the smoke you can see from satellite images the smoke has just gone up the coast towards alaska which it it typically does in uh forest fire season and there's a great satellite image of the winds over the pacific pulling the smoke out towards the sea so it's it's like uh, it's off the washington canada coast just going out to sea uh whereas Let, in utah we don't have fires we had hurricane strength winds coming off the mountains i think you may be onto something i think the world is going to end before 2020 does um <laughs> <laughs> We had a hundred and almost 180,000 people without uh, businesses, people, whatever. They call them customers. Uh, so homes, businesses, you know, whatever, without power for almost three days. Because the winds just kept on coming back. I mean, they actually restored power to our house. And then that night it went back out again because the power lines would go down. So, yeah, we got hit with a hurricane force winds out in Utah. I don't know what the heck's going on. It's something. It's something strange. Let me tell you what. Having all the smoke up here is, is extremely unpleasant. When I woke up this morning, I've got all the blinds drawn right now. And all the windows closed to, to you know limit my exposure to the smoke. But my whole place was lit up in a sepia tone. I felt like I was walking through an old photograph. <laughs> and the color of the sky is is a pleasant beige right now. That doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good at all. And these masks we've carried around to comply with the uh, with the local governments have uh, no effect very little effect anyway it, the the uh, the air doesn't smell as bad when you breathe it through the mask but uh, it's not really helping with the particles so the masks so, are useless not quite useless but yeah I was I was definitely happy to have one on hand yesterday as I was out and about seeing movies 
Um, yeah, I got bad news for Matha, Matthew. Enoch and Elijah already came, and they've been gone. Um, oh, well. It's, uh, but... Um, okay, so sign of the end of days, <laughs> massive wildfire, hurricane winds, and although I, you know, what the sad thing is, I don't actually think 2020 is the end of days. I think 2020 is just, is just the year that never ends. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think the end of the world is actually going to wait till. Uh, the day after election day, though, in the U.S. I'm, anyway. Honestly, I'm just hoping that 2020 stops at some point and that 2021 just gets better. You know, that it gets better. <laughs> Am I naive? Is is that what this is? Uh, is it uh, it's it's a sign of your pure heart and hope for the future of mankind. I mean, there are good things happening. We got peace breaking out in the Middle East. That, that is the naivete speaking. <laughs> I mean, it's still 2020, you know. We got peace treaties between these Arab nations and Israel. That's just astounding to me. They're giving it another shot. Um, I mean, maybe nothing will come from it, but I can hope. Can't I help? Absolutely. So, um, and then there's that Netflix thing, which I don't really want to talk about at all, because that's way off. I, I was about to ask if we needed to talk about that, because we're talking about movies today. Long story short, if you still have Netflix, cancel it now. Cancel your account. Cancel it now. Uh, and... Uh, just because it wins an award at Cannes doesn't mean that it's appropriate for anybody to watch. Seriously, I don't want to get all dark and stuff, but just I can't watch too much. I can't read too much of about that movie because it gives me the violent urges, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, anybody... Anybody with the, it's one of those things where you say, how did that get from conception to production? How did, how did not enough people put their hands up and say, Hey, wait guys, this isn't right. We shouldn't, this, this something went wrong with this, with this uh, whole idea. Let's stop. But I don't know. Anyway, so, so let's not talk about it. Just cancel your Netflix. It's, yeah. it's that bad. Um, so anyways, done with that. Don't want to talk about it. No more in the chat about it, please. Sorry, Brad. Yep, we're going to just... We're ignoring any more talk about that. Let's talk about... Oh, no, I was going to say let's talk about good movies, but then I looked at the list of movies we're going to talk about today. See what um, I did there? <laughs> I did see what you did there. <laughs> that's just uh, that's just me being snarky. Uh, actually, uh, I actually enjoyed a lot of what I saw yesterday. 
What do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about New Mutants first. Uh, this is a new new comic book movie in the X-Men universe, but I'm not really familiar with the characters of the comic book or anything like that. Can you think, can, can you tell me about it? I think you're pushing the I think you're really, really pushing the definition of the word new there. <laughs> Why is that? Because I think this movie was done and in the can in like 2017. Are you serious? Yeah. It kept on being pushed back. Uh it got delayed by a whole bunch of stuff. And then the Fox Disney um, merger was, was supposed to kill it. Like they weren't ever going to release it ever. And then Fox was begging Disney to let them release it just so they could make their balance books look better. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, we know we know it stinks, but come on, let us recoup some of that money. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, and then you know, people were uh, supposedly uh, supposedly uh, putting it off. Executives were supposedly putting it off because it was so absolutely the worst thing that had ever been put to film. I mean, like just absolutely <laughs> terrible, worse than any movie ever made in the history of. I mean, these were like the rumors coming off. And then every now and then they'd announce a new release date with a new trailer, and the trailers got better and better. I mean, like being able to remake your trailer again and again apparently did make a huge difference. So the movie, like, got looked better and better, and <laughs> <laughs> more and more people kept on thinking, "Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to do that." So they finally set a firm release date, an absolute will not be missed release date of April. <laughs> This year, and then a global <laughs> pandemic happened. They they missed all the signs. They they're going to release it anyway. They, they don't care. That's if if you wanted God to come down and paint a sign for you and put it over your bed so that you see it when you wake up in the morning, you couldn't get any more clear than that. Don't release this movie. Um. So. They finally released it when theaters started reopening after the, you know, biggest parts of the global pandemic had passed. Uh, and uh, if I could say, you know, to give like my, uh, you don't have to respond to this because I want to give my pocket review, but I want to guess it, that your pocket review was you hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it with the fury of a million suns, whereas my pocket review would be, eh, it was okay. I see. Well. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah, but I, I think it simply was not good. Uh, hated it would be really strong. There were parts that I hated, uh, and it's not a good film. Uh, there were there were a couple of there were a couple of positive things that I want to get to, 
uh, in a minute. But yeah, no, I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it was very good. No, it's certainly not great. It's not a great movie. I mean, they were trying for a Logan kind of thing. And they made efforts to tie it into Logan. Uh, like the facility that the little girl was saved from in Logan is the same facility they're talking about, at least. They like it looked like they were trying to make it seem like that. But uh I mean I never saw Logan, so Oh well there you go then. Um all that stuff was lost on me. It was decent, not great. That would be my my summation. Uh, the, I enjoyed parts of it. Parts of it made me roll my eyes so hard that it still kind of hurts today. Well, let, let me let me do a quick synopsis. It's the story of a group of teenagers who are kept prisoner at some sort of crazy hospital where they are supposed to learn about their powers and how to control them for their safety and others. That's sort of the setup. And so it's part superhero movie, part teenage drama uh, with a healthy dose of mysticism sprinkled in. Set in some undefined version of the X-Men timeline. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no context at all given to where and when this is. It's just uh, the entire film takes place in this crazy hospital. And so we've, we've, yeah, we follow the story. The main protagonist is uh, some American Indian girl. I, she's a character. I know she's a character in the comic book. What was Danny it? Danny Moonstar. Yeah. Danny, Dan, yeah, Danny Moonstar, Danielle Moonstar. I, I forget. Oh, she didn't have a code name. That's, I think that's her name in the books. Anyway, uh, yeah, we follow her as she develops her power and and kind of wipes out her whole tribe. And uh, they send her packing to the hospital. And uh, her power manifests itself and, and causes problems for everybody there. And, of course, the kids learn to bond and find out who the real antagonist is and so on and so forth so you said you said it was all right yeah what parts of it did you like um i thought the uh a lot of the uh horror scenes were pretty cool uh, i thought they were interesting um i mean it had a pretty it had a pretty solid plot. It had an actual story. Um, I was really expecting it to fall apart because the beginning of it was okay. Um, I thought the person they got to play Danny Moonstar was woefully miscast and out of her depth. Um, I mean, she did an all right job, but not great. Um, She really aggravated me. <laughs> uh, but the rest of the cast did a decent job. Um, no, actually, I, I would say the rest of the cast did a pretty good job. Uh, most of them. Um, 
And it just, it wasn't a sucky movie. I mean, I've seen bad movies, and it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't very good. Uh, the story was okay. It just, it wasn't crappy. It was all right. I'll give you that. The There were some horror scenes that were sort of personal horror scenes related to the characters. They were pretty effective. Uh, it was it was a uh, it was tense. It was frightening, and uh, because it was so per- related personally to the characters, it was uh, it was interesting. I'm not. Uh, I guess you're impressed that it had a story. I, I wasn't impressed with the story, but yeah, I, I suppose if if that's where your bar is, yeah, it's it has a story. It actually has a story that beginning, middle, and end that you can follow, and is kind of uh, uh, kind of interesting, or at least you can follow it. Yeah, I mean, my standard for, like, really bad movies are stories that fall apart at the end or are confusing or, you know, things happen for no reason. They just jump. Um, You know, they... Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I didn't like the (laughs) film, but it told the story. It told it effectively. There is... the, the editing was sufficient, and as you said, uh, the actors were th- probably half the actors were good. Uh, it, sp- particularly Cannonball was played by the kid in Stranger Things, one of the one of the boys in Stranger Things, uh, the older one. That's uh, he he did an outstanding job, of course. I think he was the he was my favorite character in the movie. He was. He was my favorite character in the movie. I think high points for me, actually. I thought I enjoyed the animations. Of course, it's a it's a modern comics movie, so we're going to have computer-animated big flashy fight scenes that don't feel like they happen in real space. Uh, th- I enjoyed the pretty lights and the pictures. The animations were cool. Uh, Magic in particular had, uh, she's got her own tricks where she's, I don't know if you're familiar with the books. I'm not. All I know is what I got off Wikipedia. Her, her powers require a lot of computer animation. uh, And it's, it's, it's fun to watch the, uh, the, the final conflict. I I liked the animation of that at the end. I thought that was really nice. Uh, Another high point for me. I didn't, I don't know if you noticed this, but, I thought the music was great um, in that I didn't really notice it. And at the end, I sat down and the credits started rolling. And I thought, I like this tune. I'm just going to sit here and watch the credits for a minute, at least the first part of the credits. You know who did the music on that movie? Sam somebody. Mark Snow. Oh, okay. For for anybody who doesn't recognize that name, he did all the music on the X-Files. Uh, so that just his personal style must have just pushed that button with me because I really enjoyed, I enjoyed the the soundtrack throughout the movie and then when the credits rolled I was like yeah this this is cool I like this. What I was actually thinking is that in that uh, in credits music was rolling is I got to check out this soundtrack on uh, iTunes see if they have it. 
See, yeah, I, I thought the music was good. Um, I, I don't want to spoil anything else, but here's there's a couple things I don't like about it, uh, and this may this may have been. Can let we me, talk? Go ahead. Let go me ahead. something real quick. Um, while I was watching the movie, and they had obviously what had to be computer animated stuff. Never once was I taken out of it by saying, wow, that looks super fake. I mean, you knew it was computer animated, but it never looked fake enough to make me think, oh, that looks fake. I, I That only happened to me once uh, in the final fight. I, I, for the most part, I liked that animation, but when it first appeared, I was like, uh, all right, let me, I'll just go with it. Don't want to spoil that. That that's fun. That's a fun animation. But it did look like a cartoon at that point. But anyways, the things you didn't like. The things I didn't like. Let's see. The uh, the mustache twirling villain did not. I didn't like that performance. The and this may be a uh, as you said. This may be a problem with the actress they had playing. Uh, Danny, uh, Danielle, what's her name? But uh, the sort of forced romance in the film, I, I <clears throat> maybe I'm getting old, but I did not approve of it. And uh, the Scottish actress playing the werewolf, oh, oops, did I give that away? The werewolf, uh, fantastic. Uh, I thought she did a fantastic job. And the the other thing that was mildly objectionable was the film established pretty early on the sort of mysticism of this universe, and uh, they didn't—they weren't really as respectful to the werewolves' Catholic faith as they thought they were being. Oh. Um, which, which made for some cringe scenes, if I may use the internet parlance of the day. Uh, there's a little bit of cringe and a little bit of eye rolling uh, during it. Uh, but the actress was great. And uh, let's see, what else didn't I like? I think I'm going to sum up my thoughts of the film this way. Bear with me here. Before the show, we're watching the commercials and the previews and such. As you do, there was a commercial for the Fathom events. You know, they always do classic movies and whatever else they have. And there's an advertisement for John Hughes' classic, The Breakfast Club. That was the worst commercial to put before The New Mutants because <laughs> let me tell you what. This was no breakfast club. And that's all I have to say about it. What about you? Anything else that you liked or didn't like? Um, I just want to say this, and this is a fan's complaint. So take it for what you will. Everybody, the X-Men have had a long publishing hearing. Uh, history and they change their characters all the time. They introduce new mutants and other characters go away and whatever. And so everybody has their perfect version of the X-Men that happens to be 
whatever the X-Men are at the time they started reading them. And uh, by the way, that's uh, directly stolen from uh, your boy, Zach. So if you heard that before, that's where I got it from. But it's also the truth because, you know, my perfect version of the X-Men is when I started reading the X-Men. And that also includes the New Mutants. And that also includes Ronnie Sinclair, uh, who is the werewolf. And Ronnie Sinclair has always been one really, really Catholic. I mean, really, really Catholic. And two, she's also been really, really young and completely sexless because she is so young. She hasn't developed sexually yet. She's your little sister. She's, she's just. Yeah, perfect. She's your little sister. And to take, and, and the person they cast, uh, Maisie Williams, who is from, uh, the, she got her most publicity from Game of Thrones. She's the youngest Stark sister. Hmm. Um. The one who becomes a face thief and can put other people's faces on and stuff. <sighs> to put her in the situations they put her in this film was really disturbing to me. Really uncomfortable because it took a character who's supposed to be this little girl and who is aged to be this little girl uh, into situations that is just kind of uncomfortable to me. And again, this is somebody who got her, who read her from the comics during the 80s. So I understand mm -hmm. that not everybody in the audience is going to get that. And that it's just a personal thing. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to lodge accusations here or, or throw around things like would be appropriate for that Netflix thing. Um, I'm just saying that it was, it was uncomfortable for me because Ronnie Sinclair is my little sister. Yeah. And even though I haven't read the X-Men for a long time, and even though, you know, I haven't read about the character in a long time, that's just who she is. And who they cast to play her in the movie played right into that. That's exactly who she was supposed to be with that actress and how old we were told the character was in the movie. And I was just, it really kind of skeeved me out in that sense in addition to all the other stuff you were saying, and I really just wish they had left Ronnie as the, you know, strict Catholic little girl she was supposed to be, because that's who Ronnie's always going to be in my mind and in my heart, because I can't help that. Because whoever the X-Men are when you first read them is whoever is who the X-Men's always going to be. I mean, people who started with the X-Men with the cartoon in the 90s, that's who the X-Men are always going to be for them. Uh, those costumes, those characters, their look, my X-Men are earlier than that. And I'm not saying those X-Men are bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying my X-Men are different. Uh, and so when I see those X-Men, I like them. They're cool, but they're not quite right. And this, this Ronnie was not right. That's At least the things they were doing with her was not right. Uh, yeah, I think I think her, I think her romance arc felt really shoehorned into the story. By the way, her name uh, in the X Men is Wolvesbane. Oh, Wolvesbane! But wait, she is a wolf. I don't understand. 
That was just her name. Okay. Wolvesbane, Cannonball, Sunspot. Danny had a different name, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. If I Googled it real quick, I could remember by looking it up. Yeah, but you get no points for that. You get no trivia points for that. (laughs) Um, And uh, Magic, of course. Yeah. Who I always really liked. I loved Magic's character, but I never figured out what to do with her in the comics. She's always just been kind of there. And they do kind of neat stuff with her, but I don't think any writer has ever really unlocked that character well. No. I mean... Uh, they had lots of fun with the animation, and uh, and they had fun with the character, and it. it was it was fun to watch. Her scenes, anyway. Oh yeah, and Danny Moonstar. They never really figured out what to do with her either, because they kept on changing her. I mean, she's had psionic powers, and later she became a literal vi- uh, a literal Viking Valkyrie. Uh, you know, who brings the dead to the afterlife, um, and her name. Uh, she was originally Psyche and was later Miraged and later Mirage. And uh, they just kept on changing her because they could never settle on. She never really got the right mix. So she was always in flux. Um, just one of those characters that never really settled down into her iconic uh her iconic form. I mean, Psylocke uh, went through the same process of changing and changing and changing, and then she found her iconic form and then stopped changing. Batman did the same thing. So, anyways, that's comic book theory. <laughs> there you go. So, like I said, to to wrap it up, I no, it's 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 not great. Uh, there's it's not a it's not a terrible movie, but I give it a thumbs down. Uh, you'll you'll know if you want to see this or not. I give it a thumbs up to recommend uh, for people who it's okay. You know, you can watch it and you'll get some entertainment from it probably. Um, especially if you liked the New Mutants comic book. Um, Sp- Sunspot was fun. Um, and he has a really cool, uh, his fear experience is really cool. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, they did a good job with, with the characters, even, uh, even Ronnie Sinclair's character is right. They just made her do some things that were wrong. Um, Danny Moonstar is kind of a mess. Her character isn't. It's sad. I just I don't I don't feel like they nailed her character, but the others, especially Cannonball, man, Cannonball was cool. I like Cannonball. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't not like that kid. Um, mainly because he's just a good guy, and he's in a really really bad situation. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's it. Thumbs down from John, thumbs up from me. Sounds good. 
I guess I guess we saw another one too. This was the the film I really wanted to see. Uh, that's the, the one I went out to see before seeing uh, New Mutants. Is that I saw Tenet. I hope you did too. Uh, I was early in the day. I think that one was so just boring and generic and unremarkable. Like, I think I forgot most of it. You forgot most of it. I'm kidding, of course. The Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie, man. Holy crap. I was keeping up all with the stuff. And then like halfway through the movie or two-thirds through the movie, he throws the switch and the real mind-melting stuff, not mind-melting stuff begins. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, what the hell just happened? And I had to get caught back up again. It left me behind for a few minutes. <laughs> I think it did that to everybody. It's a, uh, so yeah, this, this is a sci-fi action movie done by Christopher Nolan. It's, it's definitely, I would characterize it as a sci-fi spy movie. Actually. It feels a lot like a secret agent doing secret agent things like a, like a James Bond or something, but with a, with some mind melting science fiction on top of it, it's it's it was cool. You have to be paying attention during the first two thirds of the movie because when he flips that switch and everything goes wonky, you yeah the I mean you you I mean I guess everybody who's seen the trailer gets the premise. The premise isn't quite time travel, but it's it's things. Things moving backwards through time. And so when you're watching the first half of the film, you're like, okay, that's going to come up later. That's going to come up later. That's going to come up later. And like, as you said, once he flips the switch and, and, and you, he's, he set up the whole, the premise, the, the time travel ish presence uh, uh, and builds up to the turning point in the film then he just lets it go and and everything that happens sort of flows from that science fiction premise but yeah if if you weren't paying attention the whole time your your brain's going to scramble um so i'm about to say something i don't know if it's going to help and if it doesn't help tough luck mm. if i'm holding something and I let go, it falls. That is effect following cause. Because I'm moving forward through time, and the object's moving forward through time. But suppose we have an object sitting on the floor that's moving backwards through time, but I'm moving forward through time. I can hold out my hand, and it will fall upwards into my hand, because the effect of the fall came before the cause of me letting go. I really just let it fall. It just fell backwards in time from my point of view, but forwards in time from the object's point of view. How's that, John? Did I do that? Yep. That's, that's a great explanation. Does it make sense? 
just just go with it, guys. It's it's a fun sci-fi movie. Seriously, Chad, did that make sense to you? Because that's the entire movie. If you don't understand that, then you. That's okay. They 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 do that near the beginning of the movie just to try to get it into your head. But you can honestly, and and here's the thing that I think works in its credit. Honestly, you could just turn your brain off and enjoy it as a spy movie. It's it's a pretty cool spy movie too. I thought how they got into the Indian building was really cool. Heck yeah. <laughs> See, Judd got it. Reverse causality. Yep. Reverse causality. Exactly. Um, crazy. Crazy. I think the stream is dying. I I don't know what to say to that. We're we're <laughs> we're we're running. I'm sorry, guys. We're running through Streamyard. I've got nothing else. Personally, choking the bandwidth. Uh, Daddy Warbreak, I'm gonna need you to stop streaming the adult material. While you're doing the show, just you got to cut that out. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, I'll check the recording later to see if there's any problem. I I hope it's a, uh, I hope it's listenable later. Oh, are we having technical problems? Yeah, uh, uh, apparently not even on our end. Wow. Yeah, and and uh, and it looks like we're down a couple of viewers. Uh, a couple of people. Someone else in the chat mentioned, "Hey, I can't watch this. I gotta check it out later." Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening in. I hope this is okay for anybody listening later. You guys, uh, if you're having troubles, come check us out later. Go see the movie first and then listen to this later. Oh, yeah. And Definitely thumbs up. You should go see uh, Tenet. Tenet is awesome. <laughs> it's uh, it's sort of the – it's a, for me, it's a mirror of the New Mutants where – uh, there are things I like. There are things I didn't like, but overall, yeah, go see it. It was fun. Uh, whereas the New Mutants was the flip side of that. It was like there was enough wrong with it that I, I wouldn't bother. So that's the setup. The main character, the protagonist, discovers this weird reverse causality thing, and there's there's a conspiracy of people who use it and he's uncovering the layers of this conspiracy, trying to find other people who know about it and try to stop, stop terrible things from happening and uh, collect the MacGuffin. Th thanks. Uh, Judd beat me to this, uh, to the joke. The stream's good now. I actually fixed it later. Daddy Warpig. <laughs> Um, so the kicker is this, uh, there is a cold war going on between the future and the present, uh, and items with reverse causality, they call them inverted items because their entropy is inverted and they're coming from the future to the past. Uh, or from the future to the present. Um, and there are agents in the present working for the future to try and accomplish something that nobody knows what. 
except that there is World War III coming in the future, and if it happens, uh, all life on Earth is destroyed. Um, that's the big, big, big thing that they need to stop. Uh, and that's the setup for Tenet. Uh, and you learn there are layers and layers of knowledge that you learn going through the rest of the movie. Um, and they're also finding artifacts with reverse entropy that they believe are detritus from some from this cataclysmic war in the future. Yeah, that was a that was a good spoiler-free introduction. I like it. Um So that's the setup. I mean, is that important? You decide. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, trying to think of what else we can say without spoiling the rest of the movie. This <laughs> is a movie you don't want spoiled for you. Absolutely. You want to go see it before people tell you anything about it. Well, look. Is there anything that worked for you or didn't work for you? Let's talk about what worked for you. What did you really like about it? Honestly, a lot of the things that Christopher Nolan had to do for this movie were like the things he had to do for Inception in that he had to work out how all of this was supposed to work. Uh, and it took him a, over the course of years to work out how these fight scenes would work, how these... Uh, uh, the car chase scene would work and the car wreck scene would work and all of that other stuff. Uh, and I'm not sure I got how all of it worked. And so I liked it. I enjoyed it. I watched it. It was fascinating. It was enjoyable. And I want to go back and see the movie again sometime so I can figure out where things are going forward in times, where things are going backwards in times, and how that all fit together properly. It's definitely, it's definitely a movie I think you could watch again and get some additional enjoyment out of it. Because... Yes. They, they did put a lot of work. The, the action scenes, the fight scenes, and the chase scenes were a lot of fun to watch, and they played around with that concept for those scenes. There's lots of things moving backwards through time, interacting with things moving forwards in time, and it's, it's fun. It's cool. Uh, it's great to watch. So I agree. Uh, I, if it if it weren't a two hour drive away, I'd go see it again. <laughs> well, and, a, and I will say, good. I will say this: you can't just build a movie around this cool sci fi concept. 
You can't. Uh, at least for it to be any good as a movie. And he built this movie around not just this cool sci-fi concept, but around the characters and personal motivations and a story. And there's this one character who's motivated by um, this high-level uh, high tactical considerations of this war who just does not care about personal considerations. And then there's this other character who is trying to find their footing in this world and trying to work hard at getting the mission done, who kind of falls into really personal motivations and is trying to find a balance between the two. And then there's this other character who is motivated entirely by personal motivations and trying to save someone that they love and trying to maneuver their way through very dangerous situations and get out of them. And then there's this other character who's completely selfish, absolutely selfish and brutal and ruthless. And they're trying to grab everything they can. And if they can't grab it, they want to destroy it. And it's built around in and through and neither side of this equation, the, the super um, cerebral uh, understanding of time and reverse time and how these things are interacting, nor the human emotional uh, motivations of these characters and stuff, neither of those are shortchanged. They both work together. And I just thought it was awesome watching this movie that all these characters have human motivations and recognizable motivations and the movie doesn't feel like this cold cerebral study of this science fictional concept, nor does it feel like solely this personal um, story. And I just thought it was brilliant. I thought he pulled that off brilliantly. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I like that aspect of it. I don't, I don't entirely agree with, I mean, your analysis of the characters and their motivations is largely correct. Uh, some of that didn't work for me, though. But, I mean, let me talk about what I liked. I really liked that. Uh, I really liked, as I said before, the action scenes and the way the premise worked into them. And uh, in particular, Robert Pattinson's character, uh, that... Uh, I did not know he was such a terrific actor. He he stole the show for me. Absolutely loved it. He did a phenomenal job. Do you like that character? Tons of fun. Yeah. It really uh, did. It, it it made me respect Robert Pattinson on a whole new level. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd, I'd seen him in is Twilight. And, and so there's, his acting chops were not particularly needed to make that movie work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that movie worked on a different level, for for a different audience, but he was great, absolutely great, tons of fun to watch, and the character was actually the heart and soul of the film. Which brings me to some of the things I didn't like. It, it wasn't a perfect movie. The and this is a minor thing. The main character sort of a charismatic black hole. Maybe that's maybe a, a non-entity. Uh, he's 
uh, he, I mean, like he did a fine job, but uh, for some reason, whether it was uh, the way he acted or the uh, the direction or something like that, uh, he was just sort of he was just sort of there, and and I I didn't really I was interested to follow him in his story, but I I didn't really care about it. There was no heart and soul to it, the way there was with uh, Robert Pattinson's character and his relation to Robert Pattinson's character is sort of is the heart of the film. I wish they'd spent more time on that pairing. There's the, there's other interactions with other characters that uh, I think could have just been taken out of the movie. I didn't like, uh, let's see, how do I put this? The character that you say is motivated purely by emotion. Uh, that, uh, that whole part of the story did nothing for me. Uh, could have been the actor, could have been, could have been the writing, whatever. Um, there, what do you have to say to that? What you're saying about Robert Pattinson and the main character is that Robert Pattinson's character had more personality. Uh, he had more personality. Yes, the the protagonist, the main character didn't have much of a personality. You could tell that he's got a certain set of skills and he's got a code of honor. And that really, that defines, you know, that, or that sets the stage for the actions that he takes and the decision that he makes. It's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, didn't have, didn't have much personality, but it was the interaction between the two throughout the film that I found really engaging and interesting not only because of the personality, just because the, the interactions were enjoyable and interesting. Unlike the uh, protagonist's interactions with just about every other character. So I think it's more than just personality. So do you think Robert Pattinson's personality uh, and likability was carrying there? Okay. There, yeah, there's two sides of that. Like the other, the other characters, when they interacted with the protagonist, weren't as fun. I, I didn't like some of the other actors in the movie, or at least I didn't like their performances. I, just, I, I know nothing about them personally, um, except for that Kenneth Branagh guy. That guy's a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the. Yeah, I, their their interactions weren't interesting or what do I say, believable or or engaging. But so yeah, Robert Pattinson's acting definitely carried those interactions. But if you, I mean, if you watch the movie, you'll you'll see that there's more to it than that. That like the two characters actually interact in interesting ways that are. It's more than just the way they they act. You know what I mean? Am I, am I making sense? Yes. Okay. And I'm just trying not to give spoilers. They have a lot of fun business together. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, there's a there's a trailer of them. Uh, you mentioned the in you know the build, the Indian building. That's the there's a picture of them uh, in harnesses on a you know on a rooftop, right? Like that's one of the promotional images. That's that's that was the India job. It's it's cool. They had lots of fun. Yeah, he, uh, Christopher Nolan also, I mean, science fictional stuff, personal 
character stuff to ground, you know, ground the movie in something um, meaningful and human. And then there's the action set pieces. Uh, he sticks a lot of great action set pieces in this movie. Absolutely. Uh, just, I loved them. They were awesome. <laughs> My action movie junkie side is going, oh, gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> Tons of fun, especially they set it up and you're like, I know that's going to come into play later. This is going to be great. That's a Chekhov's gun. That's a Chekhov's gun. That's a Chekhov's <laughs> gun. This this chase is going to be awesome. <laughs> I just, I, I can't even count. I didn't bother counting as I was watching the movie how many great action set pieces were were going into this but there were it was just so much fun to watch uh i is he like the only director in hollywood who's worried first about entertaining the audience <laughs> maybe that may be so that's not uh that's not fair i think uh i think the uh oh michael the bay likes to entertain people yeah, with a particular type of entertainment. If you you know you're gonna like, if you like his other stuff, yeah. I think uh, I think the soy boys in charge of New Mutants wanted to entertain the their audience. They just uh, I don't know, maybe just they thought their audience was gonna be a bunch of soy boys or uh, comic book store guys. Um. Oh, huge slam on New Mutants. It wasn't that bad? No, it wasn't. I mean, they got a little bit in the middle just with that one subplot, but most of the time they didn't fall yeah. into that trap. So that was another point in its favor for me is it wasn't it wasn't like that beginning. To, it was no Mulan. So, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So, so Tenet, the set pieces were outstanding. Uh, just come on. I, I got to say this, because if you've seen any of the commercials, you know this happens. He drives, this is not CG, this is real, this is practical effects. He drives a real 747 over a bunch of cars. Awesome. They, they just get crunched up and bunched up underneath the fuselage as it's driving around. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so beautiful. I never thought I'd see anything like that on this screen. <laughs> oh, they you know they had a ton of fun making this. Oh, I just wanted to cry so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Oh, 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 oh. oh it was amazing. Uh, well, before this review gets too glowing, is there anything that didn't work for you? A any any imperfections that are worth calling out? Um, yeah, that's always, a good silence. Why didn't they melt the MacGuffin? Oh, great question. I yeah, there's the the. The MacGuffin thing—it's like any other spy movie. You just have to go with it. You're right. The the MacGuffin thing was a little weak. 
Uh, I do have I do have one complaint, a technical complaint. Um, oh, worth sound. Worth mentioning, but uh, it didn't really ruin the movie for me. The sound. The sound was uh, there's a there were a few conversations I couldn't hear at all, and every once in a while the soundtrack would overtake the rest of the sounds and i'm like i i didn't need to i didn't need to hear that this is i was enjoying this scene um couple of complaints and especially later in the film when the whole when you know they double triple down on this reverse causality thing and things are happening forwards and backwards at the same time and you're really trying to follow the the threads as this scene unfolds the, as the story unfolds and yeah just like happened to you they lost me for about 60 seconds and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna enjoy the next 60 seconds of action and it's and in a minute or two everything will become clear and it did but it was just <laughs> like i i wish i'd been able to hear those parts of the conversation or understand what was going yeah. on better on screen that it, it was it was a it was an imperfection. It didn't ruin the movie for me. It just it it uh, it scrambled my brain for a couple of minutes. Yeah, I want to watch this movie again, where I can put up uh, subtitles so I can understand what they're saying all the time. Yes. Yeah, there were uh, there were a few moments that that were sort of drowned out. Chris, 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 Chris. Christopher Nolan. He's he's he's. This is his only problem. But uh, for he made Dunkirk, so he his his technical idiosyncrasy is forgiven. And that was the thing I was kind of wondering about is he's been playing with time in a lot of movies. Time and space. Uh, Dunkirk. Uh, Memento. Inception. Memento. Yeah. Uh yeah, the great. He, time and space are fungible concepts for him. He loves the this concept of playing with time. So, I mean, in, in, on a thematic level, if you will forgive, you know, me leaping into art school um foolishness here. He he has done this. This is kind of I don't know if it's the midpoint in his journey or like the culmination, but he's been doing this with his movies for a long time. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a theme of his that's been going on for a while. It's his calling card. I like it. So that's why I went to see this. That's why I drove. There's only two open theaters in Washington, by the way. So I drove an hour and a half to see it. Cause I, I was like, Hey, I like what he does with this stuff. Let's see. Yeah. Christopher Nolan is just about, He's one of two directors that I will go see his stuff without asking questions. Uh, the other being Michael Bay. Everybody knows that. I'm not even ashamed of it. I don't even care. <laughs> hey, man, lots of people like his stuff. I think he's a genius. I don't think he's Christopher Nolan level genius. <laughs> I think he's a genius director, whereas Christopher Nolan is a genius storyteller. There's a difference there. Uh, what's your what's your favorite one so far? So Tenet was good. We both liked Tenet. What's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie? Christopher Nolan. You, you can Inception. include the, Inception. Okay, I was gonna say you can include the Batman movies too if you want. 
I'll have to think about it. But uh, Inception has a, a an idea I like more. Oh, yeah. The central concept of Inception I like more than Tenet's. Uh, just the concept of dreams and dream space and things like that, I think is, I like it more. I think mine is, uh, I think mine is Memento. The, uh, the film noir look and feel and the, you know, the main character played by, it was Guy Pierce. I think that was, yes, that was, uh, that was a, that was a wild ride as they say. I liked it. I haven't seen his first movie and I need to. Which one? It's a it's a story about a security guard. I don't think I've seen it either. I, I can't even remember what it's called now, but I think I've seen every single other movie he's made. Yeah. Uh, and of course, his, his Batman movies were pretty good too. I love The Dark Knight. I won't lie. The Dark Knight is just phenomenal. I love every minute of that movie. Oh. <laughs> Heath Ledger. Just. Oh yeah, that's he. He carried that. That would have been. Anyway. Yeah, I just so, hope Christopher Nolan stays as strong into the future because, uh, man, if he's got more movies like Tenet and Inception in him, then this is. He is just. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> it is unbelievable to me that one man can produce things like this. It is just mind-blowing. There is a person with that much talent and hard work in him to do things like this. Hey, we've we've had we've seen great directors with their own personal styles before. They've come and they've gone. Yeah, if he keeps going, he'll definitely be he'll be well regarded and well remembered. Uh, I I really liked it. It wasn't it wasn't perfect. Uh, if you if you were if you boil it down too much, you can call it a, just a you know a spy movie with a gimmick. But it's it's more than that, and it's a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah, All I don't right. have anything, I don't have anything else I want to say about it. At least not in spo- until we get to spoiler space. Maybe we'll save that for another day. Yeah, are we uh, are we ready to call it? We are out of time, and it was tons of fun. I'm glad I got to see these movies. I'm glad that there are movie theaters open, and it's always fun to hang out with you in the chat talking about great pop culture and terrible pop culture. It's all fun. (laughs) But that's it for me this week, Daddy Warpig. Take us away. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Um, We're here about this time every single week usually and uh you can catch us on youtube.com slash geekgab that's youtube.com slash geekgab to uh listen live and participate with the always awesome and amazing people in the chat or or you can uh you can go ahead and sign up to listen to the podcast at uh i at the Apple iTunes store, at the Google Play store, or at SoundCloud.com. Listen to us to the device of your choice. We are signing out for today, but don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.